The reading is from Romans chapter 8, verses 12 to 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are are the children of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are are children, then we are heirs, heirs of the God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Thanks be to God. So let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Enable us in these strange times to cry out to you and to hear your word of love and truth. In Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we're here. Amazing. After all these weeks. Just just a few of us, of course. But we're back, back in this building that's been empty for so many weeks. Back in March, back in 15th of March, that we held our last service here. It would have been a parade service, but that was cancelled. We were already socially distancing, and in fact there was very few in the congregation. It was a pretty miserable Well, I wouldn't say a miserable act of worship, but um, I felt pretty miserable at that moment, just seeing what was happening and wondering what we would do with all this. But we travelled together, apart, 
but somehow keeping those connections through those phone calls, through the online worship, through uh, magazines and all the rest. The emails have been flying around. We're back. We're here. Well, the reading that we heard, I don't imagine you remember if anyone was here on the 15th of March, but the reading we heard that day was the story of the Samaritan woman at the well. Jesus meeting her and speaking of living water and of the work of the Spirit. A time is coming, Jesus said, and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is Spirit, and his worshippers must worship in Spirit and in truth. And there Jesus was saying, we, it, no matter, it no longer matters whether you worship at the temple in Jerusalem or the Samaritan shrine, the time will be coming when the Spirit will enable you to worship everywhere and anywhere, to worship the God who is Spirit. And now we're back and we come back to that great theme of the Spirit working among us. The Spirit that blows where it wills, across the world and into our souls. I feel in a way that I have little to offer today. I can't say there'll be coffee after service or lovely biscuits. I can't uh, invite you today to communion. I can't um, give you a hug or a kiss or even come close or even give you a handshake. There's no lingering in church after worship. Worship has been reduced to a minimum. No singing together. And that's such an important part of our worship. But I and we can offer this great gift of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit that works among us, heals the hurts within us, guides us, inspires us, brings us new hope. With all the guidelines and restrictions and regulations and risk assessments and fears and anxieties, how good it is to know that the Spirit is free. The Spirit can connect us closer than the closest hug. The Spirit can connect us more deeply than the greatest of hymns singing. The Spirit can work in our hearts and souls and tender and nurture hope. Paul discovered that. He had come to a point where his faith had become hardened and he had become closed to that Spirit. But the Spirit of Jesus broke into his life and liberated him, enabled him 
to see himself as a beloved child of God, no longer a slave, no longer desperately trying to earn God's love, but simply and freely loved. The spirit you received, he writes, does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Rather, the spirit you received brings about your adoption as sons and daughters. And by the spirit we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And that's what we affirm when we come together to worship and when we worship in our homes separated as we are. That we are God's beloved children. And God wants that for every human being. Wants that relationship of parent to child. It's fascinating that Paul uses that word, Abba, Father, It's a word that was on the lips of Jesus. It's a very precious word. And though we probably bring to mind the the music group, the pop group, Abba, well, maybe that's as well as good. It's a popular word, Abba. But when you think of that word, don't just think of music. Think of the way Jesus said that word. He said it in a way that brought him so close to his loving God. In Gethsemane, Mark records that Jesus prayed, Abba, Father, take this cup from me. But not what I want, but what you want. It's that closeness to to God. It's a precious word. And of all the words that Paul uses, that's the one that is Aramaic, the one that is precisely what Jesus had prayed and said. Abba, Father. The Spirit testifies that we are beloved children of God. And that not just for our own sake, but for the sake of a wider hope, because Paul goes on to say the whole of creation is groaning. Don't we know about that? Creation is groaning. We see it in the natural world, groaning for liberation. And we pray that that liberation will come for humanity and for the whole natural world. Hold on to that hope, the hope that God has for us all. We wait eagerly, Paul says, for this hope of adoption into God's family and the redemption of our whole being. In this hope, we are saved. May the Spirit stir up that that hope within us all that hope not only for ourselves, but for all humanity in all its messy reality and wondrous diversity. 
and not only for humanity, but for the whole of the natural world. As together we look forward to the freedom and glory of the children of God. Thanks be to God for his love beyond words.